I hope I haven't missed anything, but God just said, go ahead and tell it today after service. But uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to 26. Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to 26. This is part two of what probably will be a three-part series on this subject. So I want to finish it perhaps next week. So I need for everybody to be here anyhow. Amen. You don't want to start something and then don't hear the rest of it. This is part two. Acts 16, are you there? Verse 22. Verse 22, New Living Translation says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. That's when stuff happened all the time, most of the time. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. This is part two of our message. When bad things happen to God's people. When bad things happen to God's people. Remember in part one we talked about and we referred to Romans chapter 8 verse 28. A very familiar passage. Most of us know it by heart. Which says and we know. Don't miss that that God causes everything to work together, listen, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, we know that God says that everything he allows has purpose. Amen. Because we read it. But if I, or what if we can't see a purpose, purpose in everything that happens? Because some of us, and I know I do it sometimes, I, I don't know why. And remembering part one of our message last week, we found out that God's purpose for what happens in your life and mine does not have to make sense. Hello, somebody. What God is about does not have to make sense in my mind for in order for it to be sense. Amen. And when bad things happen, we just need to maintain the thought, the reality, the truth that God is up to something. Now understand, remember Paul and Silas, the Bible says, we just read it together were severely beaten, not just beaten, but severely beaten and thrown into prison. And the jailers were ordered, listen, to keep a close watch on them. 
they in jail, they in prison. Why got to keep a close watch on them? The very people I'm using sanctified imagination that don't believe in our God, why would they say keep a close watch on somebody that they have? This is what they do. They, they lock people up and, and they keep people. I don't think it's uh, too many jail breaks, but why would they say keep a close watch? Close watch. They didn't tell the keeper in cell block four or A or B, I don't know, to keep a close, they, but they, where Paul and Silas were, keep a close watch. Y'all missing this. Not on nobody else's, uh, 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 I, I suppose a jail packed with people, but with Paul and Silas, keep a close watch. Uh, you think maybe the God that they have been talking about might really have an effect, an impact on them, even though they don't want to admit it? The bottom line is that Paul and Silas had a problem, a major problem. You know what a problem is, a situation, something that causes difficulty, stress, or doubt sometimes. A problem is something that uh, we need to be solved or we want to be solved. We, we don't want to rest in the climate of problematic issues. Notice the problems uh, that are resolved, when they are resolved, are like weights lifted off our shoulders. Anybody ever had a major, you don't have to name it, something just major was, was resolved and, 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 and it felt like the, the weight of the world was lifted off your shoulders? We need to understand that in order to deal with and process problems, uh, a man or woman needs to have spiritual fortitude. Amen, somebody. You know, everybody handles issues and problems differently. You can be in one house and have one main issue and three people in the house and three different responses to the issue. Hello, somebody. Some folk, when problems happen, they just, ah! Everybody handles problems differently. Even as I speak, uh, uh, my problems, my issues don't keep me from fulfilling what God has called me to do, preach. That's right. Amen. A anybody other than me in here out there is dealing with a problem, and if not directly or indirectly, or some, 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 something that's going on in your house or, or somebody else's house that you're concerned about, but that didn't stop me and shouldn't stop you. Didn't stop Paul and Silas. Locked in jail under close watch. Matter of fact, they were playing into God's hands, Elder. Maybe they weren't paying that all that much attention before. But now they're putting close watch on the very people with the very testimony that they don't want to hear. Y'all missed it. They in jail because of they talking. Hello. They messed up somebody else's business. Why do you think drug dealers don't want you out on the corner preaching Jesus? You messing with their business. Y'all ain't gonna hear me. When you walking up and down the street, Sister Pat, they don't want that. You messing with their business. And it, it takes boldness to talk when you in enemy territory. 
Come on, somebody. Y'all don't have to tell me what you, I know it for myself. I, I, many a time I've stood out on the corner and, 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 and I could have been assassinated at any given time. But I trusted God. Uh, I trusted God then like we have to trust God today when things don't look good. When stuff breaks out. Not only in your house, but my house. And not only in somebody else's church, but in our church. We got to see where God is coming from. You need fortitude. Uh, fortitude is, is spiritual. Fortitude is strength and, and that determines the character of a person. You don't know the character of an individual until they have to go through something. You ever see somebody always talking about how strong they are, this, that, and the other? And then something break out and now you see them. I'm not putting them down, but they're not as everybody's not as strong as they profess to be. Hello, somebody. Anybody can talk, talk about how much great God is when everything's going right. But uh, when things are not going right, God is still great. Amen, somebody. I'm so glad we don't have a God that uh, uh, ups, uh, uh, flows with, 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 with whether or not he's awesome because of what's going on in my life or your life. God is an awesome God regardless. No, notice that although the word fortitude itself is not used in the Bible, the concept or idea is found throughout the scripture. And it's substituted with words like endurance, strength perseverance. First Peter chapter one, verses five to seven says, uh, and though, and through your faith, God is protecting you. Don't miss that by his power until you receive this salvation. I hear somebody say, Parker, just for a moment, I'm already saved, but don't you know, we have to be saved from stuff on a daily basis. You, yeah, we're saved from the penalty of sin. Come on. We're saved, all of us, from the penalty of sin. But we got to be saved from the enemy. The devil didn't want you to get here this morning. That's right. He didn't want me to get here. Right. And if he had his way, he's not going to allow us to get home. But thank God. Yeah. But God. Yeah. God brought us here. Yeah. And guess who's going to get us home? Right. The same God that brought us here. Am I right about it? I'm counting on him. I'm depending on God. First Peter 1, 5, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must, here we go, endure many trials, the Bible says, for a little while. Yeah. The trials, <laughs> I don't know, God says a little while, but, 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 but the trials, the trials, the trials, don't put a mic in front of a loud preacher. The trials that you and I face, God says, it's only for a little while. Verse seven said, these trials, listen, will show that your faith is genuine. Amen, somebody. Your faith in mine is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Amen, somebody. God is testing our faith. He wants to see whether or not we have a strong faith or we're able to maintain the strength of our faith. In other words, whatever the case may be, it's how you deal with your problems that reveal your true character. 
is how you deal with your problems that reveal your spiritual fortitude or lack of. It's how you deal with your problems that, that reveal your ability or inability to hang in there. Is anybody made up their mind that they're going to hang in there, whatever comes their way? Let me see your hands out there. Is it anybody that's going that has already made up mind? Have a made you got to have a made up mind. How we say, come hell or high water, I'm going to hang in there. And with all that being said, although we pray, <laughs> Sister Eleanor always say, and she's right, pray, 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 pray. Sister Wade, Eleanor Wade, amen. Pray, 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 and that's a good thing. A whole lot of us are caught on to that. But God says, Sister Eleanor, I heard what you say, but let's see what you're going to do. When trouble breaks out, are you going to pray? Or are you going to stop praying? Amen, somebody. And, and we need to know, although we pray and experience grace and victory over most or much of our sin, not all, because some folk are still struggling. Pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. Don't say you don't sin no more. Hello, somebody. Anybody other than me still got some struggles, still got some issues. Amen. And it's because we still live in a broken world. We have to learn how to handle, listen, adversity when life is hard, listen, so we not become depressed. You got a lot of depressed Christians. A lot of depressed Christians. I'm talking about when bad things happen to you. The psalmist says in Psalms 42, I'm going somewhere. I know I got those points that I gave you. Psalms 42, beginning at verse 1, the New Living Translation says, as the deer longs for streams of water. So I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When, when can I go and stand before him? Verse three says, day and night, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? That's the kind of world we're in today. They taunt me. Where y'all down in that church? I don't know why you're going down to that church. What they doing for you? They don't take your money. They say that when you went to the club. They say that when you run and play in your numbers. They saying that when you go to the casino. They saying that when you're on the TV with this thing now, you can play and, and, and then they got a nerve to play. Uh, if you're addicted to, to, to gambling, don't use this, but they got it flashed all over. Here's how you can get quick money. They ain't saying that then. It's only somehow when you're going to the house of God that needs you and God uses you that you wasting your money. Look at that lie. Verse four says, my heart is breaking as I, here we go, remember. Somebody say remember. Remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great possession to the house. I used to lead people to church. Now, I almost don't get there unless somebody reminds me and how did I forget every Sunday? That's where I go. Amen. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? This is what I would like in verse 5 of Psalm 42 says, in spite of all that that's going on, I will put my hope in God. Y'all have missed it already. In spite of catching hell, 
in spite of all of that depressing stuff going on around, I will put my hope in God. I'm reading verse five. It says, I will praise him again, my savior. And verse six of, of the new living says, my savior, my God, he is our savior and our God. I'm talking about when bad things happen, God has a purpose for your problems and mine. Isn't that right, somebody? What I found as we move on to our points in a few minutes, in other words, after saying his soul panted for God as deer pants for a flowing stream, the psalmist spoke to himself. Y'all want to get this? He spoke to himself. In other words, sometimes you got to speak to yourself. Hello, somebody. Somebody's thinking now all off the wall and you got to say self chill. Somebody here now, the enemy's trying, your leg is itching, you, you, you got the memory, did I leave to take, turn the food off? And all. No, 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 chill. You have to speak to yourself, Michelle, somebody. You got to tell yourself something. Notice in verse 5 of Psalm 42, he asked the question, why? Why? Somebody's asking that right now. Remember last week, we said that the word why answers questions like for what purpose or reason so when the psalmist asked here in verse 5 of psalm 42 why am i so discouraged and why is my heart so sad he's asking the question for what purpose or for what reason am i so down on myself but notice i read this thing he quickly shifts from a discouraging perspective to a perspective of hope. Because in the second part of verse 5, he says, I just told I will, in spite of what's going on, I, I will myself not to allow myself to, to fall into despair. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm deeply discouraged and have been, I won't stay discouraged. I won't allow spiritual amnesia from blocking out my memories of how God has already delivered me. Anybody else other than me remember you were going through something before? The same intensity, if not more, dire circumstances, and God came through before? Anybody remember how it was back then? The same God that brought you through back then is the very same God that'll bring you through this morning. Am I right about it? You have to understand again, Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones said in his book, Spiritual Depression. Listen, the main problem with spiritual depression is that we people, we allow ourselves to talk or to dictate to us instead of our taking control and dictating or controlling ourselves intentions. It's going to make sense in a minute. When we talk about self, we're talking about your basic personality or nature in terms of what you are really like as a person. And you don't want to allow self to tell you what to do. When you woke up this morning, self said something. 
I don't feel like going to church. Y'all ain't got quiet. Self told you it, it, it's a dreary day or, you know, I, I, I was busy Saturday, so I got to rest Sunday so I can go to work Monday. Think about the God that gives you grace to do the work on Saturday. Is the same grace of God they're going to need the given grace to get you to work on Monday. And all he said is to give me an hour on Sunday to thank me for the grace I gave you on Saturday and the forthcoming grace you're going to need Sunday and the grace and mercy you're going to have need on Sunday to take you through Sunday. Is that too hard for God to give God what he deserves? Anybody? The same God that wakes you up, woke you up. The same God, somebody's even having trouble sleeping. Amen. I keep talking about waking up. Some people wish they could go to sleep at night. Y'all don't have to tell me. I know you wrestle with your sleep. Then if you take too many pills, you, you get addicted or they don't even work. Amen. It's like, 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 like those things they give you to, 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 to numb you. And you're walking around like a zombie. But you got to talk to yourself sometimes. You got to say, stuff or, or self, shut up. The Lord will make a way somehow. I'm talking about when bad things happen to God's people. You need to know, and this is a sermon for another day, that I told you before that every day you got to deal with at least four voices. You got to deal with the devil trying to talk to you, his voice. You got to deal with the voice of God or you want to respond appropriately. You got the voice of other people all up in your head. But the voice I'm talking about this morning is the voice of yourself. You got to tell self, shut up. You got to let self not dictate and let the word of God override self. Self will tell you you're too tired. God's word said I'll give you the strength that you need to do what I've called you to do. Am I right about it? You have to take control of the thoughts that come to you. In other words, your thoughts, your ideas, your desires, and the things that you imagine are originated and controlled by self. Hello, somebody. You ever sitting somewhere and your mind gets somewhere, or you think of something, you glad nobody can read your mind because what you just thought? Self can put some garbage, garbage in your head. Am I right about it? Well, the psalmist concluded as I hasten on by saying the culprit that's responsible for being so negative and you being so down on yourself was his soul. It's where he thinks and formulates his thoughts, his desires, his feelings, and his behavior. It was his soul that repressed him. Well, where's the soul coming? You, you think your, yourself, your soul is it, connected. I don't know who God is talking to this morning. How is yourself behaving this morning? How's yourself behaving right now? Are you controlling self? 
by the word of God or is self-controlling you this morning? You need to know that your soul is important. Jesus says in Mark 8, 35 and 36, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, listen, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Verse 36 says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, listen, but lose your soul? Good is it to have what those jokers think out there now that they got it going on. Psalmist says in Psalm 73, I believe they're on slippery slope. Stop getting all bent out of shape because people look like they're doing better than you. They're on their way out. Am I right about it? I'm talking about when bad things happen to you. You need to understand that God has purpose and a plan. And you've got to encourage yourself and you've got to remind yourself of what God has said and who God is and what he has promised. And I told you last week there are at least five reasons why God allows problems in your life and mine. We started off with number one, to direct or shape you. Am I right about it? But not only we discussed the first one, to direct and shape you, but God allows problems in our lives, listen somebody, to inspect you. Am I right about it? See, James chapter one, verses two and three says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith, here we go again, is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. God says you won't grow unless you have to get through problems and trials. You won't know that I can deliver you until you've been delivered somebody. Any delivered folk in here, out there? Everybody has, maybe don't fit. But you've been delivered because if you're saved today and the devil had his way, he'd have took you out. You got to respond to stress a certain way. Not only God uses problems to inspect, but he uses them to correct us. Your mother and father when you were growing up young and you got out of control, didn't mom and dad and grandmom and granddad and sometimes auntie and uncle, somebody had to spank you? Yeah. Yeah. Not because they hated you, but because they loved you. Yeah. Sometimes God will use problems. You got in trouble. You went to jail. You got in trouble. Uh, you had to pay all this money out. and You got in trouble and you lost your house. Uh, you got in trouble. You lost your home because you didn't manage right. God uses problems to correct you. Psalms 119, 71, 72 says, my suffering was good for me. Listen. For it, here we go, taught me to pay attention to your decrees or laws. God says, somebody in here, you're not paying attention, so I'm going to have to allow hell to break out in your life yeah, yeah. to get your attention. Yeah. 
You used to look to me. You used to stay focused, but now you've allowed other people, places, and things to take you away and off my mind. So I've got to do something. I've got to correct that misalignment, if you will. Uh, I'm almost done. But not only problems are used to correct us, but number four, God uses problems, here we go, to protect us. Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20, NLT. But Joseph, verse 19, replied, don't be afraid of me. Y'all got to know some of this history. We ain't got time to tell it. Joseph said, don't be afraid of me. Talk to his brothers. Am I God that I can punish you? He told them, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. God brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Who is God talking to? You've been catching, you say, uh, extraordinary amount of weight and troubles and having to go through. God says, I'm preparing you to go back and help somebody else to get through their trouble. Well, Lord, I, I got enough. No, you said, Lord, use me. Hello, somebody. Well, nobody else doing it. No, don't keep comparing with nobody else is doing. I've chosen you. Hello, somebody. Stop saying how much you got to do. And no, I, I'll give you the grace to be able to hold up. A problem can be a blessing in disguise if it prevents you from being harmed by something more serious. Am I right about it? Paul is never saying that a believer is not as perfect or sinless, but he's saying in Christ, and if we're obedient, we don't sin as much as we used to. Am I right about it? I said God will protect us. He'll keep us. But as I close, not only direct, not only inspect, not only correct and protect, but as I close and take my seat with part two of this three-part message, God uses problems to perfect us. Hello, somebody. You see something that's bent and crooked, but you need to straighten it out. Anybody ever had to straighten something out? You had to apply more force. Boom! If it was a piece of iron. Come on, somebody. If it was something you could bend, you had to use muscle to straighten it out. You wanted to be straight. Amen, somebody. Anybody ever try to thread a needle? And all the needles with the big holes you couldn't find. And the only needle you had with your glasses but that little fin thing. Honey, I'm getting ready to close, but not too long ago, she said, here, here you go. She was trying to thread a needle. And I said, honey, you got the pack, when they got all the different sides. I can't find it, and I gotta use this right now. Honey, can you thread this for me? You know I came up with excuses. I'm half blind now. 
I can't hardly see. Janet, I can't see now with the glasses on. You telling me to thread the needle. Y'all ain't listening. The Holy Ghost said, shut up, husband. Do what your wife asked you to do. I took the thread and looked at this little needle. I said, God wants to straighten this thing out to get through the hole. I looked up, but I needed light. Y'all missing this thing. In order for me to shoot straight, y'all missing this. I needed to be close to the light. Because away from the light was darkness. Help me, Holy Ghost. And you can't see straight in the dark. So the Lord says, get close as you can to the light. Now because the light radiates, radiates with power and the bulb has heat, you can't get but so close. If you get too close, it'll burn your hand. God, y'all ain't listening to this. God says you can't get too close, but you can get close enough to go straight. So I put the needle up close to the light as I could. And I took the thread and I had to wet it because it's got some fringes. I put it on my tongue and licked it a little. Y'all ain't helping me. I wanted to get it as slick as straight as I could because it had been ruffled. It had gone through some stuff. It was out of shape. It was fringed. It was in need of some direction. So I took it, wet my tongue, wet it down, and I went to the light, and I started aiming, but it wasn't close enough. Too much dark. And I went a little closer to the light and then I aimed, but it wasn't close enough. I said, if I get too close, it's going to burn me. But there was a lamp, a lamp over the ball that I could get up to the lamp and see close enough. And I aimed with the eyes that God gave me. I aimed with the glass that God gave me. And I put it through the hole. And then I pulled it through. And I said, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I made it through. God is talking. When you're going through, God says, get close to the light. Jesus is the light. The light of the world. When you get close to him, let the light rub off. Let your light so shine that when men see your good works, they'll glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that right about it? I don't worry no more. I stop worrying because God is good. He's all right. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. God has a purpose and a plan for everything.
that you and I go through. You might be the thread that got to go through the needle. The needle is God's direction, his, his guide, so that you can get back on straight. See, if you don't go through the eye of the needle, you'll remain frayed and distorted and out of shape spiritually. So God's got to allow you to get closer to the light. The devil wants you to stay close to darkness. That's why some folk don't need church no more, so you think. You got to struggle to get to church because the devil wants you to stay just enough away from the light of Jesus that you don't know how to stay straight and to maintain correct posture. As we wrestle on our feet, somebody